G'day, g'day, and welcome to the Charging Stallion podcast. Charging Stallion presents news we like. My name's Cam. My name's Tim, and thank you for everyone for coming down tonight. Uh, if yeah, you're... bring it up. Whoa. <laughs> uh, we are in an attic sort of thing at Old Bar, and we are doing the podcast live in front of probably our all of our listeners. So if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this not live, then uh, good on you, but you missed out. I'm just going to call it right now, you missed out. I think this will be the lowest views we ever have because everyone that listens is here. Yeah, they'll the all room. be like, yeah, we lived it, not going to listen. <laughs> does everyone, does anyone here listen to the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you. I reckon there'll be a couple of doubters when they listen to this on Spotify who are like, Cam totally just put crowd noises <laughs> into a normal episode. So, Cam, how's your week been, mate? It's been good. Uh, I kind of had a grumpy colleague today. Well, no, I was the grumpy colleague, I just realised. And why's that? Uh, because there's a, a workmate of mine, a girl, who sings her way into the kitchen <laughs> and I guess, like, there should I shouldn't have an issue with that, but it's mostly because the songs are so bad. Um, what sort of stuff does she sing? I say as a person who sings in a band about being a bad boy, <laughs> <laughs> hating the zoo, they're all good songs. Um, she just sings what she's doing. So she'll arrive into the kitchen and be like, tea, tea, cup of tea, if I don't have a tea, I'll die. <laughs> Dramatic. Yeah. And I roll my eyes like, horrible tune. <laughs> Lyrics are right. <laughs> Yeah, how's your week been? It's been good, man. We got to set up this room. We've been uh, able to work with uh, Holly from Satellite Gallery and uh, here at Old Bar, and she's done such a good job. And it's it's just good, man, to take uh, our love for obscure news, and uh, now we're doing it live. And it's just it's a, it's a weird thing because we got a new prime minister in this country. I know nothing about him, but I know that in Alabama last week, a guy shot his son because they were fighting over a piece of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing about obscure news. <laughs> Uh, before we dive into this, I just want to say a huge thanks to Sean Kirkwood, Ace, Maddie, and Squid all for chucking your work up. It's awesome to have you guys on board. You've supported so much of the stuff that we do. So give and it up also, for them. And if you're and we also Jimmy G and, uh, oh, and Patty as well. Yeah. <laughs> was, Thank you very much, guys, for sorry. bringing in your art. And all of their stuff is for sale as well. <laughs> all right, the first news story. Hit me, Cam. A new study shows that we are meaner to people that we care about the most. So Dr. Balan Lopez says her team has documented the routine use of cruelty and nastiness as a method to motivate other people for positive reasons. <laughs> to validate the phenomenon, they hy hypothesized the need for three conditions. The motivation to worsen someone's mood needs to be for their own good. The negative emotion inflicted on the other person should help them achieve a specific goal and the person inflicting the pain has to feel empathy for the recipient. Uh, Dr. Ballin says that if you can say yes to all of those three things, that's proof that your heart is in the right place and that you can do it. I completely disagree with her. <laughs> Reasons to be an asshole, though. Yeah, I think that this lady is just kind of evil and stink to her friends and she's just like, oh, I'll make a study, I'll put an article online to justify it. But um, I think there are some people in the world that think, like, they heard that saying, you got to be cruel to be kind. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm mean. I I'm like, I'm helping people become better. And I disagree. Um, my granddad, I think, was... was it's going deep and dark for you, eh? Yeah. Like, when I read that article, I got a memory of um, my granddad used to come over quite a bit 
and do yard work and I was I didn't have a job um, but I wouldn't really help him and I remember that I'd be swimming in the pool on a real hot day and he'd be like saying stuff like yelling about why like asking I guess why aren't you helping me but I'd just spend more time than a normal swimmer would underwater <laughs> so I'd be like you know help to your mother you don't help to me you know help to your mother you don't help to me uh, yeah but he's the mean one <laughs> All right, Cam. Our second story tonight, the headline is, man pushes 15 boiled eggs up rectum and tears intestines. <laughs> now, <laughs> is that your story, Caro? Jump up on the seat up here. <laughs> Please welcome our friend Caro up to, up to the desk. Hello, so, everyone. <laughs> so uh, the story is um, a man Excuse who was... me. It's <laughs> my story. You take the lead, Caro, and I'll jump in. Thank you. I've actually practised um, saying the story to a few people today because I'm really nervous about laughing too much. <laughs> I'm also really angry with Tim. <laughs> that I stole your story. <laughs> okay. The 29-year-old man boiled the eggs with his partner before peeling them and putting them up his bottom. <laughs> All right, and the man was in a critical condition after stuffing 15 hard-boiled eggs up his bottom <laughs> while high on drugs. Too many. The man from the Netherlands um, was under the influence of GHB, a common date rape drug, when he started boiling the eggs with his partner. Um, he peeled them and decided to put them in his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so that part... Sorry. So that part was last minute. He, he was just making 15 eggs. And boiling <laughs> egg takes a little bit of time, enough time to think about what, you, what you're about to do. Surely at seven and eight, you're like, no, no. Like, <laughs> 15 is the limit. Exactly. So, um, basically, he managed to stuff them all up there, and then he got some stomach cramps and immediately went to hospital. So, mm. you know... He didn't stop at all during this time of putting them up, but yeah. went immediately to hospital. They had to um, cut open his abdominal walls um, and pull them out and give it a bit of a flush out. This is oh where I was wondering, God. do you reckon they came out as boiled eggs or like the inside of an egg sandwich? Oh. When <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon it was a scrape of like a scoop job? I'm just imagining yeah. someone just scooping curry eggs yeah. out. <laughs> Do you reckon they looked better when they came out than when they went in? I don't know. But they might have been whole still because... (laughs) Continue, Cara. There might have been a room in there. Yeah, well, I just think of, like, when you try and put a pinger out there. Yeah, shelving, also known as shelving a pinger. Yeah, and, um, you know, the butt kind of just swallowed. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was surprised by this too. I mean, if someone said to me, I'm going to put 15 eggs up my ass, I'd be like, well, it seems like not a good idea, but I, I think it'd be sweet. <laughs> you'd think that you'd be able to, like, we've all done some big poos in our time, and I reckon I've done bigger poos than what 15 poos together. It's the opposite of doing a poo. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, like, I mean, when you're trying to get them back out. Oh, right? yeah. But he yeah. didn't have to get them back out, got them cut out. Yeah, lazy. (laughs) Very lazy by that, dude. All right, am I done now? Give it up for Carol. Thank you very much, Carol. (laughs) A bride to be cancels her own wedding with a Facebook post. 
So this lady was going to get married. It was four days out from her wedding. And then she decided to let everybody know that, nah, the wedding's not happening anymore by doing like a massive essay of a Facebook post. Um, had the guy, had the person, guy or girl, the person that she's marrying, did they find out via Facebook? Uh, no, he was aware. Um, <laughs> Still <but> brutal. She, <laughs> she really sasses him in this. I'm just going to kind of breeze through some of the highlights of this Facebook post. There's a lot, I was going to say language warning and then I realised we just talked about pingers up the bum. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks for breaking the ice, Caro. <laughs> so here's, here's her status update. Dear friends, it comes with great sadness that I'm announcing the cancellation of our wedding. I apologise apologize for cancelling only, only four days beforehand. Unfortunately, I've broken up due to some recent and irreparable problems. We've decided to end our relationship and not go forth with any future proceedings. How did this all come crashing down? Well, I invite you all on Facebook, players, bystanders, and side characters of the people in my life to take a seat and listen. Before I begin this... <laughs> you already like her? Yeah. <laughs> Before I begin this mini-novel, I invite all of you, including the cunts who have ruined my marriage <laughs> and my life, to put yourselves in my shoes. For once, let me take the stage. Let me voice the most, pow oh, most painful few months of my life. I specifically, I mean specifically, asked for cash gifts. How could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without the proper funding? <laughs> We had sacrificed so much and only asked each guest for around $1,500. <laughs> we talked to a few people who even promised us more to make our dream come true. My maid of honour, who shall not be named, <laughs> pledged $5,000 along with her planning services. We tearfully thanked her and accepted. My ex's family offered to contribute $3,000 the ex's family still terrified of her. <laughs> so our request for $1,500 for all other guests was not fucking out of the ordinary. <laughs> like, like, we made it clear. If you couldn't contribute, you weren't invited to our exclusive wedding. It's a once-in-a-lifetime party. Friendly reminder to you cunts, don't think you own me. I'm, I'm cutting all of you snakes off. I'm living my life alone now. I only let in those I believe have good intentions. XOXO. <laughs> I feel like a little applause for that dramatic reading, Cam. That was, that was beautiful. You really got into the character there, mate. <laughs> Uh, the States, that's right. <laughs> is she, is she um, what, what was the wedding? Were they going away somewhere? What was the what, what was going to cost everyone $1,500 each? Um, no, it was just on a, I don't know, Timmy. I was about to make it up. <laughs> Please do. Continue. Shell, do you have a question? She wanted a Kim Kardashian wedding. Ah, uh, oh. yes. Yep, that's a part that I skipped over. What she, is it? A massive fan of Kim Kardashian. Do you know more about it, maybe even than me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Timmy, I have no idea about the wedding. I just read the Facebook post. Um, do you do you know anyone like that, Timmy? <laughs> I don't. Okay. You don't. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't associate with anyone with with anyone like that. Have you got someone in your life? No, I'm not picturing anyone. I'm just wondering if you wanted to like say a name in front of all of our mates and just <laughs> ruin a friendship. <laughs> but no. I'd never do that. <laughs> Story number two for okay. me, Cam, tonight. 
Uh, the headline is, police in high-speed chase with jet skis on the River Thames before abandoning pursuit for safety reasons. Mm. Now, um, a Metropolitan Police boat was seen at around 6.30pm on Friday, racing after the four speeding jet skis which were travelling uh, to Canary Wharf. Scotland Yard said it was able to make them change their course but eventually called off the chase, uh, citing health and safety conditions. Now, these river cops can. They're not the cool cops. They're sitting on the on the most boring, <laughs> boring part of London, and you see four four jet skis going out there. You've got your mates from like from the Scotland Yard and stuff that come in and they talk about robberies and always and bragging. Yeah, they got like armed car chases. Yeah, and these guys see their opportunity. They gun down the Thames, the most like one of the most populated places in London, and they chase these jet skis mm. all the way down there. I think good on them. Yeah, yeah, and then I think what would have really happened is they would have got to a point where their officers would have called them up and said, all right, that's enough. <laughs> I reckon they got that call a couple of times and, you know, when you don't pack up, you're like, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> you see the caller ID, yeah, you go, right. <laughs> The boat was too loud, boss. I didn't hear. <laughs> um, Lee Jackson, who was 34, um, probably still is, because it was a week ago, watched part of the chase from his Surrey Keys balcony um, where he was eating a meal with his partner and sister. How did this guy get to be in that? I don't know. And it's very specific. It was like, I was there with my partner and sister. I think he was up to some mischief up there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He said, you often do see police boats coming up and down here patrolling, but you don't ever see them engaged in a chase. Um, uh, Mr. Jackson's described the vessels uh, screeching past towards central London um, and then 15 minutes later coming back the opposite way with the cops still chasing them. (laughs) Nice. I reckon that would have made their year, though, those cops that were on that boat. Absolutely. And they'll always talk about it like it was last week. I reckon <laughs> that'll be their story at parties forever. Um, all right, Timmy. Slightly, I guess this is science news. Coffee naps are really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I guess. Yeah. Uh, our body goes into a naturally drowsy slump every day, usually around 2 or 3 p.m. But one way to stay alert during this slump is to take a 10 to 20 minute nap. Some studies have suggested that uh, drinking a coffee before this nap makes your afternoon nap even better. It typically takes 25 minutes for a coffee to completely kick in. So what they're saying is the the most refreshed you can feel is to wait till 2 or 3 p.m. I guess scull a coffee and go to sleep before the coffee sets in. What do you think? Reminds me of um, when I used to do cat naps where you take a cup of MDMA or ecstasy. Yeah. And then you try to get yourself to fall asleep as quickly as possible before the cap kicks in. And then your cap kicks in while you're in dream state. And then you wake up just, Does that... <laughs> Does that Has not... anyone else had a cap nap before? Yeah, fucking A. I don't, I don't believe in them. I think that's a real elaborate excuse for like, Nah, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry I didn't party. I do it on purpose. <laughs> do you take these coffee naps, Ken? Uh, I didn't one yet. I've I've had a few. I didn't realise it was a thing till I read this article. But they're right. Like the times that it's kind of happened by chance, it is quite refreshing. Has anyone else sculled, not sculled, drank, drunk a coffee and then had a nap? It, it, did it feel good? <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to tell you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to uh, my third story tonight, Cam. Now, this uh, 
this storyline uh, headline always makes me laugh since I, since I started reading it. So headline is, police officer breastfeeds smelly and dirty neglected baby. <laughs> <laughs> Seems harsh. <laughs> and gets promoted now. There's no need to call the baby smelly and yeah. dirty. And I, cause I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's probably just this one article and all of the articles that <laughs> that have, that have uh, written about this have, have all jumped on board as well. It's calling it smelly and dirty. Baby shit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a police officer in Argentina is being celebrated after photos of her breastfeeding a malnourished baby went viral on social media, which is fun, cool. Yeah, it's cool. Like, so they, um, the the officer, she um, is was doing security um, at the children's hospital uh, in Argentina and um, found the baby and was a was recently a mother herself and mm-hmm. saw that it was malnourished and just whacked it on. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> probably another way. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she um, she uh, got the photo taken of her. It mm. got it went viral uh, in Argentina and now yeah. across the world. And she got promoted to sergeant because of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think if it wasn't smelly and dirty, they wouldn't have promoted her? Like, that was a big thing. The boss was like... Oh, yeah, you can't just chuck any baby on your tit. They would have been like, good, (laughs) yeah, have a great day. Keep doing your normal job. But I reckon she, like, said to her boss, oh, yeah, I breastfed a stranger's kid. Uh, It was smelly and dirty. And then he was like, all right, (laughs) sergeant. (laughs) It wasn't smelly and dirty. Oh, we've got a guest. Do you reckon if Hillary had done that during her campaign, she might have won? Only if it was a smelly and dirty baby, lad. That's yeah. a good tits has been dried up. Um, all right. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> that was such a quick visit. Uh, you, you're welcome. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, all right, Timmy. Well, that, I think that's the end of our normal stories. Cool. I and, uh, actually have a follow-up story. Yeah. Have you got uh, any this week? Uh, no. Cool, cool. Well, this follow-up story is, um, the headline is, Pastor almost killed by snake during sermon, vows to keep handling snakes. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this is a story that we did not too long ago, and it was about this, this, uh, this uh, pastor in America, and he uh, gets poisonous snakes out, he's uh, a crazy cult leader, and gets, uh, get these, gets these snakes out, and he got bitten mm. uh, by a rattlesnake, and uh, almost died, taken to hospital. His dad died the same way. I know I shouldn't laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> but he should learn his lesson by now. Definitely. And I don't really believe in fate, but I think that if, it is gonna, if fate is going to exist, it's going to be this guy dying from a snake bite. 100%. Because he's jumping straight back into it and doing more more sermons with, 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 with snakes. With snakes. Yeah. Choose another animal. <laughs> <laughs> just not even just get one that isn't poisonous. Like it's still mm. just as impressive getting bitten by a snake that isn't poisonous. Nah, oh no, nah, it's not, nah. is it? <laughs> <laughs> I back him. Um, all right, should we should we welcome people up to this microphone, Timmy? I would like you guys to give it up for my friend, the very talented Chelsea. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank 
you for having me. So this one has come from New Zealand, this news story. Um, and it obviously is... Yeah. Yeah, New Zealand! Are you um, here for the Kiwis in the crowd? Yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 um, it has come from the tumultuous section of the news, Finance Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... The title of the article, Real Estate Agent Busted Sleeping In-House um, for Auction. <laughs> it was in Auckland. <laughs> um, a real estate agent caught staying overnight in an apartment being auctioned the next day um, by his firm has been found simply unsuitable to sell homes. Um, <laughs> but really good at living in them. Yep. <laughs> How long was he living there, Charles, before he got... Before One he got night gone? only, so I feel like I've been a bit draconian. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so the former Bailey's agent, Jeffrey Mayers was found guilty of disgraceful conduct because he slept and showered (laughs) in the house. Um, Now New Zealand's Real Estate Agents Disciplinary Tribunal, it exists, um, has ruled mayors not fit for this industry or to hold a licence. Now, all of that's fine, but what he's done is he's dragged his friend, Mr. Anderson, David Anderson, into it, said, David gave me the keys and said I could. Ooh, what a dog. <laughs> what a finger. And he's like, David said I could. Yeah. Um, and so the part that tickled me pink about this article was that to really, like, drive home the blasphemy of this act, they've inserted a bit of verbatim from text messages the next day between the two of them. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. So we've got, so Mayers is the bad man. Man with disgraceful conduct. Oh, he had a shower. <laughs> and he showered and slept. So when I read that, I thought, Tim. <laughs> and then um, you are Anderson. You're being defamed, and just your whole reputation. So Timmy's the, brought me into this, and he's blaming me for giving him the keys. So this is the actual text exchange. A bit of role this play. This is Anderson being besmirched. So am I, Anderson? You're Anderson. Okay, okay. Go for it, Timmy. The parents are here. What do I say? Do I just grab my stuff and run? I'm in the bathroom hiding. <laughs> do you reckon I could say I know the owners or something? Or just run? What are you talking about? What property? (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to tell them I was just getting changed before I shower a client, though. Are you fucking joking? You'd better not be in the property I'm listing. (laughs) (laughs) I've shot through, but they were on my tail and I'm trying to get a taxi out of here, but it is difficult with no credit. Can you please call a taxi to Berkeley Cinema? <laughs> I, just grabbed the, I just grabbed the key off your desk and was getting changed before I show a buyer through. Sorry about this. I'll have to find you a buyer for it by tomorrow. So send me details. Sorry again. Hopefully Matt doesn't find out. I'll be fired if he does, no doubt. Let me know when you can talk. I need to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Just got out of the cells. (laughs) Sorry, bud. I had Ben Turner meeting me at 12pm. I'm going into Federal Street Detox Unit and I quit Bayless. (laughs) (laughs) I really love that he's just like, like, I'm in the bathroom. Should I hide? Should I pretend they know me? Should I run? I'll just quit and go to detox. (laughs) Sorry, bud. Thank you, Chelsea. Give it up for Chelsea. I think uh, our good friend and one of the artists up here tonight, Sean Kirkwood, have you got a story for us, mate? Give it up for Sean. 
Sean also had uh, the eggs up the bum Dude, one. Do you know, I had the eggs up the bum one, I had the snakes one, and I had the marriage proposal, or the marriage going oh, down the tube as well. We're thinking so, alike. Um, so I've got like my fourth one. That, Come prepared. The, uh, the bottom of the list today. Um, so this is also from New Zealand. The headline is called Pulling Their Leg. Uh, hang on, where are we? Pulling their leg, Tamuka Man finds prosthetic limb in a river. Um, <laughs> so, I just love this because of the puns that the, the journalist has taken upon themselves to write. So maybe going out on a bit of a limb, but perhaps someone in the South Canterbury community is falling off balance without their prosthetic leg. <laughs> Last weekend, Tamuka resident Daniel Manson found a prosthetic leg, toes up, floating along the Tamuka River. On seeing it, Manson's first thoughts were, what's that doing down there? <laughs> Legging it up and down the river in his Polaris Ranger, Manson was able to take his foot off the gas when he knew there was no bodies along to go with it. Manson often goes on the river and fishes out rubbish, which usually ranges to tyres and general rubbish, never miss missing limbs. What a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's really strange, he said. Having returned to the river a couple of times afterwards, Manson said he and a friend also found a whole lot of shoes that someone had dumped. When asked by staff if the person might have dropped these off to accompany the leg, Manson thought it was unlikely, but not entirely impossible. As far as, we <laughs> as, far as weird things go, he says, it certainly takes the cake. The leg is currently resting on the back of his truck while he takes to tr tries to track down the owner. I don't think anyone's lost it. If, I, oh, if someone had, then we would have heard about it by now. Um, he said it's in mint condition. <laughs> he's just got it on the back of his ute and he's driving around and he thinks he'll just hear about it. Exactly. I guess it's a small town. But um, he said that he's talked to a few friends about it. It's in perfect condition and so far he's posted it on Facebook. Nothing's really come up about it except for many, many puns. They even went as far as contacting the Amputee Society of Canterbury and the president of that society, Mark Bruce, said that the fine was very, very unusual and they're all gobsmacked about why there's a leg floating down the river. But the best part about it, scroll through these and have a look at the photos of the guy and the captions that are accompanied by them. Um. I will just read these out for you. <laughs> Getting legless has reached a whole new level. <laughs> The game's afoot. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> and they're all like very. He's like holding yeah, it up like a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Victorious photo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much, Sean. Cheers. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Sean. I believe that brings us to an end of our podcast. Well, I reckon what we can do is just kind of sit here quietly for a second and just let, if you're sitting in the room and you've like got a, like a little feeling that maybe you wanted to say a story or just wanted to say something into that, that microphone, then just let that simmer. Let that feeling rise up for a sec. I'm giving you that chance. <laughs> While we do that, um, just like to say again, thank you to everyone that put up their art today. Thank you for Holly from Satellite Gallery here for setting this all up. And uh, all the artworks, are, like I said before, all for sale. So if you've got some, uh, got some cash, uh, take, home, take home a piece of art. Yeah. I have a good news story. So while I'm telling this good news story and you're still thinking, oh, I've got that story I want to share, then just come and join us here while I'm chatting. Cat and chicken found comfort in each other after California fires. 
The wildfires ravaging California are growing increasingly severe, with the Mendocino Complex fire recently becoming the state's largest on record. But in a small story of hope, a pet chicken and a cat found solace in each other during one of the blazes last week and were recently reunited with their owners' families. It really was an inferno, Jenny Sierra said, who was the owner of the cat, Whiskers. Whiskers has burns on his paws from the heat that emanated from the ground during the fire and is currently visiting a local animal. Uh, the chicken and the cat bit's nicer to listen to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a good the news cat, story. The cat will be fine. Yeah, it's uh, like the, the predator and the prey becoming mates. Bi- nice. Yeah, bonding together. Uh, firefighters found the strange bedfellows huddled together <laughs> for safety and support. And that's it. They love each other and they'll probably never see each other. No, they'll see each other again. It reminds me of, uh, of when I lived with our friend Dean and uh, he's got a cat and his name's Fletcher. Oh, uh, yeah. And Fletcher had this friend called Peter the Pigeon and uh, we used to come home and find Fletcher and Peter just hanging out and there was bird shit everywhere. But it was, no, it was nice, you know. And then we, we saw him three or four times and then one... One time Peter stopped coming around, so we looked around, but there was no dead Peter, so maybe you just took off. And no smell. No smell. Yeah, no. he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for being part of our first ever live podcast. We appreciate it. Um, have you got the song lined up? We're to good, me? brother. Sweet. All right. <laughs> thank you for watching. Thank you very much. My name's Tim. This is Cam. We are Charging Stallion Presents News We Like, the podcast. Thank you.